Habari gani? Mzuri. How are you? I'm good. So, this is Jamoja Speaks podcast with your host Shalonda. This podcast is dedicated to talking about foster care as well as emotional issues, trauma-based issues and utilizing stories, success stories especially, but also the unsuccessful stories about youth who age out of foster care and showing the reality of the foster care system and then showing the possibilities to the new generation for how to reach success, how to overcome and live through the trauma-free life and really just wanting to transition from the foster care system into a productive adult in society. So of course, if you are interested in this type of content or know someone who is, like, listen, subscribe. In this podcast episode, we're going to discuss emotional habits and emotional addiction. So of course, when we talk about addiction, we're always referring to eating, gambling, sex, drugs, you know, the usual. And in this episode, I really want to discuss emotional habits that we have and that we build and then how it leads into emotional addiction or addictions to a person. So when I was really thinking, I was like talking to myself and I was like, wow, when we have triggers, we respond a certain way. Well, the response is an emotional one. How do you develop an emotional response to something? It's out of habit. If you do something repeatedly, then it becomes second nature and you typically default or go to this. It's the thing that you rely on because it's helped you to protect yourself in a sense of, in a sense. And so I wanted to discuss it. I wanted to explore it a lot deeper because we all have emotional habits. Some are good, some work for us, while others can be something that we definitely get away from and learn from. And um, I was thinking about my own emotional habits and what I rely on and retreat to when I feel threatened. And really, some of the things that I rely on are pretty bad, y'all. Some of the things that I rely on emotionally, it is withdrawing and isolating myself out of fear. And so if that sounds like you, let's dive into it. So emotional habits are conditioned with us as we're growing up as children, whether or not our feelings and our emotions are validated by whoever is raising us. So our parents can validate it, our teachers, our caregivers, whoever is around us that either allow us to express our emotions or really shun them and say, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm not really going to listen to you or suck it up. And a lot of the times we're taught to suppress our emotions and not to deal with them, which then brings up the habits and the patterns that 
we attach to because if we're told repeatedly not to display our emotions and not to really express those emotions, then we develop the patterns and the habits of always, well, my feelings don't mean much, so I'm not going to express it. That is out of first projection because the person is projecting like their own issues onto you by telling you that your feelings do not matter and invalidating what you are currently feeling. And then two, it's really getting you into the conditioning process to do the same thing to someone else when they're trying to express themselves. And then three, you're developing a sense of what you're going to fall back on and rely on, which might not be a good healthy start. So let's go a little bit deeper, y'all. So the patterns, typically, if you are developing it, you're not even aware. It's a lot of unhealthy patterns that we develop because it's an unconditioned It's an unconscious conditioning process just based off who's around you, who's allowing you to express yourself or who's denying you that control and that power over you because they are now telling you that your feelings are not valid, even though you know that your feelings are extremely valid, especially going through foster care. That's a huge thing where our feelings and our emotions are not validated because people that are around us that say that they are caring, right? My foster parent, my caseworker really don't understand listening to us and our feelings and, and being able to express it. Immediately, we have to go to someone else like a therapist while in foster care to express how we feel. But because we act out in certain ways to get our emotions out and some of those behaviors might be seen as terrible, you know, seeking attention is definitely a way to gain acknowledgement. But if it's not done properly, it's getting us labels as well. That's a terrible teenager. They're disrespectful. And the list runs on. But it's seeking attention in a proper way. Trying to get the affection from someone that's in our immediate circle. So typically acting out as a teenage foster youth, it's typical because teenage act out. Teenagers don't listen. Teenagers like to know it all and do it all. But If a person that's in your circle, like a caseworker or a foster parent, is not seeing that that's a way for you to express yourself and you have been conditioned to do it that way because that's the only way that you have seen it being done. So you're going to continue to act out in that way, in that manner, because it has worked for you. But when you use that, when you go into adulthood, then it also becomes a problem. Because you can either have it, your emotions, you can have your emotions well managed. And when you have it managed, right, you have a sense of reasoning. You're more logical. You have more productivity. You have stronger and healthy relationships. 
and especially the relationship that you have with yourself. You have more clarity when you have full awareness of how you feel. And when I think of emotions, I always think of how we see the world and how we move and guide our way through the world. So when it's not thoroughly expressed properly and, you know, really investigated how we feel, then we start to think of it as bypassing emotion. I mean, bypassing logic at that point because emotions are primitive, right? It is a way to express ourselves, but our emotions and our feelings get out of control. And if we don't have the healthier patterns, it don't care about the consequences. It cares about the results. And sometimes the results, the consequences don't matter. And then when we're expressing our emotions in the unhealthier way, we love to have behaviors that are are familiar and similar if it feels comfortable, if it feels right, if it feels like this is what I need to do to have that protection, to feel comfortable. A lot of the times we feel relieved when we go to our default emotion. Maybe it's anger. Maybe we haven't dealt with some of the things that we have gone through throughout life and we're still in our healing process. But the way that we act out out of a trigger is not right, but it makes us feel like it is. It makes us feel protected and it gives us a sense of calm, calmness. So how are habits really formed, right? That it comes to us as second nature, like anything else. You have to develop it. And if we're developing it in a negative way, then we have to become aware and watch how do we behave in certain situations? What happens when we interact with certain people? What happens when they bring up a certain topic? What happens and how we respond to that? What are our triggers? It's things that we need to become aware of to understand what the unhealthy patterns are. And I know you hear this because my heat just turned on. And so you're going to hear a little bit of noise in the background. So let's say my default is anger and rage because I was in foster care and I had a lot of things that happened to me. And I just wasn't able to to express that. I wasn't able to express that I was sad at 10 years old. I wasn't able to express that I was lonely at 12 years old. And so I allowed myself to isolate and distract myself and not really feel those emotions where they're still there because they never got dealt with. But now it's showing up as anger because I don't feel the sadness anymore. I felt that at 11. I don't feel the loneliness anymore. I felt that at 12. Now at 15, I'm feeling anger and all I see is rage because I wasn't able to express those emotions, you know, a couple of years ago. And this actually is the case for me. When I got a little bit older, I had anger issues, I guess. 
and I was sent to anger management because the patterns that I was developing more so went with a negative response. I would get angry and I'd be wanting to fight something like I'm about to put hands on somebody because that's a as a way for my protection as I thought um (laughs) I thought that you know I would take on a lot of things and then after holding it in for so long the release needed to happen so the release would show up as anger it needed to change y'all it definitely needed to change it couldn't come out especially on someone that it really was not for because sometimes when you release that emotion especially on people that it's not for that misdirected anger maybe somebody might match you i said that in a previous podcast somebody might match your energy and in the times that we're living in now that energy might be somebody trying to take your life or you getting so hyped up that you make a bad choice of taking someone else's life and not really caring about the consequences that's the reality i know i had to put that because the reality is if emotions are not dealt with it takes over us and if we don't know what our unhealthy patterns are who's to say that we might not explode one day who's to say that we might not snap i watch those shows all the time but who's to say that that might not happen to us being in a situation and our emotions take over and now we're not thinking about the consequences because the feeling is so strong and now we feel a sense of calmness and coolness over us so we continue to go back and forth with someone and it escalates making it into a bigger issue than it really needed to be so i know for a lot of people that i talked to that grew up in foster care even being in a household you develop um, emotional patterns based off who is around you right so my grandmother um she wasn't very expressive so we did get into some arguments I did say some words. We made exchanges. And um, I think I went through a time period because she wasn't as open to express herself. I went through a time period. Of course, I developed that in my childhood before I even moved in with her. But I grew up into another phase of it where I didn't want to express myself anymore. I closed myself off to certain people or I manipulated situations so that I could tell how I was feeling um, to certain people and release it in a more positive manner. I also believe that you must go through certain steps or processes to break emotional habits. So let's talk about that. I wrote a list And I'm going to tell you some of the things that I have done, but then also what other people um, also talk about doing. So being aware of the patterns, looking at how you behave in certain situations, interactions, conversations, people, because sometimes we fall back into the negative patterns 
because the people that we're associating ourselves with, because they bring something out of us emotionally. And we just have to react. We got to go back to our, our, you know, set it off days and be about that life days. And we get sucked right back into it. So it's about being aware of what those negative patterns are, not just to get rid of them, but to know how you once you know, handle you know, a situation, a conversation, or a trigger. And once you become aware of it, now it's time to rewire your brain. It's time to reprogram yourself into more positive ways of doing things, which means understanding how to calm yourself down in a situation where you don't want it to escalate. And that can be hard because everyone's saying, just walk away. But it's not just simply walking away. It's why are you walking away? Sometimes you have to stop yourself and look at the person and say to yourself in your mind, this has nothing to do with me. This is all you and your stuff. And I don't want to take ownership of it. I don't want to deal with your emotions. So I hand them back to you. Sometimes, and especially in adulthood, (laughs) when you start to grow up and mature, Sometimes you have to release that power of winning a conversation, an argument, a debate, because their emotions are laid out in front of you on a table and they're waiting for you to pick it up. And you can simply say, no, thank you. For me personally, I went through periods of my life where I did, and I still do them, I still do these practices, but meditation, really helps to clarify my mind and put things into perspective of how I'm being productive, what's most important, what do I want in my life, how do I I want to feel versus how I actually feel in this current moment, and then daily affirmations because our unconscious thoughts controls our emotions. It controls how we feel. So if we're constantly telling ourselves negative things, then our emotions are fueled by this negative thought. If we decide to put more positive thoughts in our minds, when a situation arises, now we have a conversation with ourselves. For me, in certain situations, I'll have a idea of what I want to say to myself, right? And so my daily affirmations, I would say... I do audible and I listen to positive affirmations for black women and then I repeat them, you know, throughout the day for myself. But a lot of times I do a lot of pep talks in the mirror and I have to look at myself and tell myself, like, how do you feel? Girl, you about to get it. Sometimes I do like Issa Rae (laughs) and I hype myself up with a song. I get to rapping and singing and dancing, but whatever that looks like for you It's about giving yourself that positive message because maybe you don't have a mentor to give it to you. Maybe you don't have a friend to give it to you. Maybe you don't have a person in your space right now to give you those positive affirmations and affirm who you are. So you give it to yourself. Three is resist. You resist the urge to explode. And sometimes that may be a distraction. Sometimes we need distractions. Like I know everyone's talking about like, 
oh, stop procrastinating. Sometimes that distraction is needed because you're not about to flip out on somebody. And you need to watch a TV show. And that one TV show just turned into five real fast. But that was what you needed because you needed to really relax yourself into a space because you're not, you're not in a, a mindset to do anything productive. But you do have the opportunity to just distract yourself away from a high energy draining activity like a discussion, a debate with someone that's not even worth it. And they're trying to gaslight you. They're trying to push your buttons to push you to the edge, right? It's not worth it. It's really not. And so other distractions, it can be for you like a hobby, taking time to read a book or I feel like reading is a really good one, but maybe it's because I'm getting a little bit older and I'm like, yeah, I would love to just sit up, put my feet up with a book, but (laughs) I don't know what your distraction is, drawing or writing, but it helps you to not focus on what a person might be trying to do, which is control your emotions. You're not giving them that power and control of your emotions. You are using your time to do what you want to do. Because I know for me, and it might be for more people, that once your emotions take control of you, you know that you have so much on your schedule and your to-do list, right? But now you don't even have the emotion or the energy to stay focused on it. They have taken something from you and now you don't even have the real focus to really complete it because your mind is still fixated on the conversation. So the distraction helps you to release it and get balanced again. Number four, care for your self-esteem. Of course, this goes back to the daily affirmations. How do you feel about yourself? What do you say to yourself? How do you take care of your self-esteem? You start building up yourself. You start to remind yourself like who you are, what have you accomplished, how much more you want to accomplish, where you are in your life, how far you have come to get here for me personally. I may have shared it in a previous podcast episode, but I never uploaded it on any social media yet. But I have a lessons book. It's in a folder and I keep all of my accomplishments up to this point in my life. And I also keep the lessons. So when I got the RA position, I was ecstatic. I got the acceptance letter. I was like, put it in the book. And then by the end of the year, I had messed up so bad. I did not show up one time. I had overworked myself, too many jobs, too many things, not enough time. And I got fired. And I also put that in a book too. And I was like, put it in a book. Because what it reminded me of is I cannot do it all. And I was distracting myself from how I actually felt. So keeping myself busy during during college distracted me too much and I couldn't get into understanding while I was in that time period, understanding why. 
when I came out of college and I graduated, I started to really understand like I was distracting myself so I didn't have to deal with my emotions and my feelings of being in foster care and taken away from my mom and her passing and, you know, the relationships with my siblings completely (laughs) erasing and so many other things, right? I was using being busy as a distraction from dealing with how I actually felt. So I had to take care of my self-esteem. I had to go back into my hobbies. What did I used to do in college that brought me joy, which is solo dates. I love a good solo date. I love my own energy, y'all. Y'all should get into it because when you start to feel good about yourself, you have high expectations for yourself, high self-esteem, you start to think about yourself differently. And so you can be alone with yourself. You can take yourself out on dates and feel comfortable because you do have high self-esteem to sit down in a restaurant with your journal and just be there in peace and have people look at you and not feel self-conscious that they might be like, wow, she's here alone. Good for her. They might be like, wow, she's bold. You never know what a person may be thinking until you ask them. And when I sat by myself, when I took my, listen, when I took myself out on a date, when I was dating myself and I showed up at a restaurant to eat with my journal and someone walked up to me and asked me and they were pleasantly surprised because not a lot of people were doing it. And I was like, yes. This is my date to myself. I didn't feel self-conscious. I took myself to the movies and I enjoyed it. I took myself to a play. I loved it. I met new people. But when you have a self-esteem that's high and you have confidence, you don't really care whether or not someone is rooting for you and saying that you're bold and congratulations because you're saying that for yourself. And of course, number five is to have patience because it do not come easy to develop a a sense of self and a sense of it's okay to go out by myself. It's okay not to feel good today, but then tomorrow I'm living life. It's okay. It's time to process how to get to that level And one thing is to have patience because every day is not sunshine and rainbows. It's not sweet as candy. Some days are more difficult than others. And when I get the difficult days, I always tell myself it's okay to have a little bit of a mess. I'm okay with a little bit of mess. Now, when the mess starts to stay a little bit too long and... I'm like, nope, you overstayed your welcome. You need to go. Then it's also okay to get up and start to remove that mess and know that it's just a process. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. It's going to be straight. Nothing stays too high, too low. Sometimes it's just going to be, well, it's okay. And that entire process going up and down and straight If that's okay, that's okay too. 
So the patience that we have with ourselves, because sometimes we might fall back into the negative self-talk. Sometimes we might fall back into triggers and emotional explosions. And that's fine too. But it's, okay, today I messed up. Let me journal about it. Or today I messed up and I exploded. How can I do something better? And revisiting it. Rewriting how you could have responded because it may come back up and you may need to respond to something like this again and will your behaviors your emotional habits train you to respond negatively or will you reflect back at the negative ways that you did it before and choose something different in this new moment just saying um i also was thinking about Emotional connections to the wrong person. This can be so deep because the wrong people might be biological family members. And we always are told, like, that's family. You got to do this. You got to do that. But in actuality, you choose who you want in your space. You choose the energy that you want around you. You choose what behaviors you're going to tolerate. And unfortunately, because we were in foster care, because I was in foster care, a lot of the times we want to run back to our biological families. But then when I got a little bit older, I started to think to myself like, hmm, you were not qualified to take care of me when I was a child. Why do I believe that you're qualified to deal with and gently hold and care for my emotions as an adult. I strongly don't believe that that is possible because a lot of times our biological families unfortunately have not gone through their emotional healing journeys and they don't know how to deal with their own emotions. And I had to find that out the hard way. I had to run into a situation or two or three to really figure out that I know people, it's my friends, it's my family, that haven't dealt with their own emotional traumas and triggers, don't care enough to even think about it, that they're still using the old emotional habits that they developed in childhood And they're still using them for themselves today. And excuse me because my voice is going out. But then they also want to use it for you. And it don't work. Which is why we explode. Because we want them to gently take care of our emotions. And they're trying to be as rough as possible. And they're throwing it around. And they're picking at it. And it doesn't help us to feel emotionally safe with them but when we have a dysfunctional emotional relationship with someone even biological family members partners and friends even though we know that it's toxic and dysfunctional it's familiar to us and so instead of addressing it sometimes because we know the pain that we're going to get We understand the 
gaslighting that it comes with the misinformation or the, okay, we're going to bypass it. Because we know all these things and because it's familiar to us, we don't want to try to open ourselves to other options because I know that this is familiar. I know what I'm getting with this. So I think I'm going to stay here because I know what I'm getting. I might not be getting a lot, right? With this connection or this relationship, I might not be getting what I need. But it's familiar. And I want to discuss in my next podcast why it's hard. I don't know. I might do this in my next podcast or it might be like a couple of podcasts down the line. But why it's hard to let go of those toxic dysfunctional relationships because it feels so familiar and we want something to attach ourselves to so I can't wait for that one I really want to dive deep because I'm in a process now in my life where I'm recognizing my own emotional habits and I'm realizing that I have some some negative ones in there that need to be tossed in the trash I'm realizing now that To be emotionally mature, I must, number one, be aware of my emotions and the patterns that I fall default to and go back to because it's more comfortable and I like being in my comfort zone. But then also realizing I'm trying to kick myself out of that space because the room is too small and I need space, right? I need more area for me to grow And in order for me to grow, I got to get out of that old space. I need to be emotionally mature and choose something different. So I don't know about you, but I choose a trauma-free life, which means that, you know, I got to think differently about my trauma and I have to do something with it. It just cannot sit there because sitting there means that I'm stagnant. So I choose the trauma-free life. Let's talk about it in another podcast. Thank you for listening. So if you have enjoyed this podcast episode and you're interested in more episodes for it this coming up year 2023, be sure to follow us on Instagram and like it dm us we are so welcomed i guess i i am so welcome to have anyone who is interested in our podcasts and the episodes that we produce i really try to think about uh, the topics so if you have a topic that you want to discuss please dm me on instagram at yamoja speaks links are displayed in the show notes but thank you for listening to this podcast episode and i will talk to you next week.